hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Good morning. How you doing, pal? Everything going well with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting ready for the uh, New Year's weekend. Yeah. You doing anything special? Any drop the ball festivities on the horizon for Mr. Knight? Look, I, yeah, I, I, you know, we're going to uh, New Hampshire. Oh, isn't that uh, nice? Yeah, so we'll, we'll do that, but... Uh, I guarantee when the ball drops at midnight, yes, uh, you'll hear this from me. <laughs> You're showing you know, your age. <laughs> you know, that started in my 30s, actually. Yeah, I, me I, too. I, mean, I remember, you know, striving to stay up and party and, yeah. woohoo, you know, Happy New Year. And then, I gotta you know, tell you, one Bill, minute after midnight, and you're like going. Bill, I never got, uh, I never got excited about New Year's. Everyone gets crazy. And when I worked in New York, you know, Times Square would fill up with people and, and I would avoid it. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be anywhere near Times Square because people got packed into Times Square like sardines. You know, they were stacked one against the other. Uh, and they would they would stand there sometimes in the freezing cold for hours and hours until the the ball dropped, and when the ball dropped, they would scream and yell, "Yay!" Half of them would by that time be uh, lubricated with uh, you know some uh, beverage, and uh, then they would dissipate, and that would be it. And I'd think, why was what was that all about? I mean, okay, it's another day. <laughs> does this sound yeah. familiar? It's yeah, another it day. <laughs> well, let me ask you this now: How did the uh, did they do it last year? The big you know, yeah, celebration. They, I don't think they've missed it, even during the COVID thing, I think. They all have. right. Well, you know, I, I was just sitting there thinking, you know, they've done all these movies, have been around New Year's, and somebody's going to blow the hell oh, out of things, and we I, always say things are a signal. Boy, if there was a time for fiction to become reality, this is kind of the year. Well, you know what? They, they do some terrific uh, security procedures in New York on, uh, on New Year's Eve. I mean, they do things like they'll weld the... Uh, manhole covers shut so mm-hmm. that people can't come in from the sewers into the middle of the crowd through a manhole cover. Uh, they they double and triple uh, the amount of police presence there is in Times Square. It, it is amazing what they do to protect the people, but I don't know how they, how, how can they watch out for everything? Like you said, I mean, if, if you are going to do something nefarious, right? If you're going to do something that's uh, a terroristic act, you can do it, and pretty much nobody can stop you if you're de- if you're determined to do it. That's why I oh, would. Yeah, another yeah, reason you know, you why you won't see me in a crowd on on New Year's. Look, you could have look look what they did on nine one one, and they commandeered commercial airliners right. and look at everything they did, which I still have questions about that. So let's just say you. Uh, you didn't have to commandeer. You just got some pilots that got some planes. Yeah, we're taking these uh, these people out. Uh, we're going to fly down south uh, for a, a parachuting competition tomorrow. Uh, maybe there are mercenaries that are in that plane. And uh, now I'm making this up, folks. Well, I, I, so think, you know, I think they also have air cover in New York. Uh, but, I mean, there's a lot of other ways of getting, uh, you know, what people forget is these people are, I'm talking about terrorists now. They're patient. And yeah. they and they will do stuff. They will plan for stuff months, sometimes years in advance. So who's to say that they haven't planted a device six months ago in New York 
and it's just waiting there to be activated. You know, yeah, there could be all kinds of clearances. There could be suiciders that will go out and do things. I don't know. It's just for whatever reason, it just popped into my mind that going, boy. Well, you wouldn't get me near a crowd on New Year's Eve. I, I mean, I I think it's uh, it's risky business in this environment these days. I think anything could happen. I hope yeah, we're. I, I hope everything we're goes for well. Something bad like that. I hope. I hope we're wrong. I hope it's a wonderful time for everybody, and and I hope that uh, they spread good cheer. And I hope twenty twenty three is a fabulous year for all of us. But uh, based upon the things that I'm reading, I have a list here. No. I have a list here, Bill. I told you about this before um, we went on the air. Dmitry Med- Medvedev, who used to be the, yeah. uh, he was the leader of Russia when. Putin couldn't be the leader anymore. There was a, I guess he had a term limit that he had to abide by Putin. So he actually stepped aside for a term and had Dmitry Medvedev be the uh, the leader of Russia. And right. P- Putin was like his, quote, second in command, but actually he was really pulling the strings and everybody knew it. But you saw more of this guy. Well, Medvedev is still up there in the upper echelons in Russia, and he put out a list of predictions for 2023. I think he said uh, everybody's doing it, so why not me or something like that. And um, here's here's what he said. Uh, Oil price will rise to $150 a barrel and gas price will top $5 per 1,000 cubic meters. But $150 a barrel is a lot of money. You know, a a lot of money. I mean, I guess... It was high when it was like sixty and seventy dollars a barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, the UK will rejoin the uh, EU. He predicts. He predicts the European Union will collapse after the UK's return. The euro will drop out of use as a form of European currency. <laughs> he says. He says that Britain's going to return to the EU, and then right. the EU is going to collapse because of Britain's return. You, you got to love this guy. He says um, Poland and Hungary will occupy western regions of the formerly existing Ukraine, He's, which I guess that in his mind means that the Ukraine will be no more. He says the Fourth Reich, listen to this, the Fourth Reich will be created encompassing the territory of Germany and its satellites, Poland, the Baltic states, Czech, Slovakia, uh, the Kiev Republic, and other outcasts. Uh, well, that could happen. Fourth Reich. He says war will break out between France and the Fourth Reich. Europe will be divided. Poland repartioned in the process. He's saying Poland will be cut up into pieces again. You know, last time, last time that happened was World War II with uh, Germany. Uh, he says Northern Ireland will separate from the U.K. and join the Republic of Ireland. Well, that's not a big stretch. I mean, Northern Ireland, there's a lot of people in Northern Ireland who think that they should be a part of Ireland, per se, and that England should have no part of that little country. Civil war, this is the one that gets me. Civil war will break out in the U.S., California and Texas becoming independent states as a result. Texas and Mexico will form an allied state, he says. Elon Musk will win the presidential election in a number of states, which after the new civil war's end will have been given to the GOP. That seemed a little 
strange and discombobulated there, uh, Dimitri. But, hey, listen, it's your list. Number mm-hmm. nine, all the largest stock markets and financial activity will leave the U.S. and Europe and move to Asia. That means that Wall Street won't have as much clout anymore in the world. There'll be other markets, so I guess things like Hong Kong and Shanghai and places like that. That could happen. Yep. Uh, number 10, the Bretton Woods system of monetary management will collapse, leading to the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank crash. Euro and dollar will stop circulating as the global reserve currencies. Digital fiat currencies will be actively used instead. Those are the uh, those are the list of ten predictions from Dmitry Medvedev. He also says seasons. <laughs> this guy has to have a sense of humor. Seasons greetings to you all, Anglo-Saxon friends, and your happily oinking piglets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. That's Dmitry Medvedev's predictions for uh, for 2023. The one that I think is interesting is the civil war in the U.S. and and he says that California and Texas will break off into their own separate uh, countries. Uh, I mean, people have said that Texas is big enough. You know, it has I think like the sixth largest economy well, in in the world by itself. Think about it. If if Texas broke off. They can self-sustain as a country. Uh, the same goes for California. We lose those. We're a big body of that. That would weaken the United States oh, yeah. as a whole, not just because of the population and we lost the states, but Bill, the is, revenue from that. Where does I mean, most of our fuel come from? Most of our fuel comes from Texas, even now. Yeah, and you know what? They would open up those wells and pumping. And where China owns land there, they'd say, get the hell out of our country. I have to tell you, you know, I, I mean, I'm kind of settled in where I am, but uh, if well, I move to Texas, I might move to Texas, <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, but you know, you got to look at uh, people that are retired with benefits from the retirement programs that the, you know, the companies they work for, if they would still exist. Mm-hmm. But you also got to look at, you know, our government now and how they are with managing money. And let's say everything that you built into and your com- your company built into your retirement, Social Security, you couldn't go to Texas and take that with you. That's true. Unless unless they had some sort of program where they – it was an incentive program where they said, look, at if you move to Texas and you bring your you – proof that you're worth this much money. I mean, if you have currency, U.S. old U.S. currency will give you so much on the dollar. Do you know what I'm saying? They may, they may do something to encourage – Movement. Well, yeah, for your retirement program and not your Social Security. Well, you maybe, see, the, you know, maybe they'll have their own. Yeah, the, but the, how well, are you going to qualify for that if you didn't earn it in there? Well, you know, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, you know but you <laughs> I got, sat you here. Know, that's true. That's very true. I mean, there there are going to be losses that can be had, and, and that would be one of the losses. Well, if there was a, that, Bill, if there was a civil war. And and the U.S. as we know it disappeared hypothetically. It goes away anyway. We would have no would have no social security. So soon as the war started, and uh, the civil war thing is not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, it could happen on after January sixth. That hearing that's going on that the Supreme Court hears. Yeah. Because we could lose ninety percent of our government for treason, 
And yet, you know, we should explain that to a lot of new listeners. All right, all right. We should explain. I know. I get it. I get it. I get it. A lot of people tune in and they go, What do you mean we made what? 90% of. Well, you got to go back to 2020, right after the election. Right. Uh, and you got to go back and look. There, there was speculation. A lot of people were going, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. This doesn't add up because Joe, who didn't pull a single, he right. couldn't pull a flea fart to a crowd. <laughs> and yet he I beg your won. Pardon? He couldn't pull a what? A flea fart. Thank you. Okay. Uh, you know, because I don't know. Farting yes. fleas may a, yes. a flock of farting fleas infest your <laughs> Say that whatever. fast five times. <laughs> well, I can't. Okay, I can't. good. But anyway, there's question to it. There was question, did we, if you looked at 2,000 mules, wait a minute, they were stuffing ballots. Yes. Uh, there was the Dominion thing. So there were questions. Ah, oh, that's all. Just- well, isn't, it, isn't it amazing, Bill, how they have, I'm talking about the uh, deep state, has done their best to, as the days and weeks have progressed to make the steel seem honest and people who question the validity of the steel, right, uh, to be, you know, nuts or ridiculous. Well, or look at the steel dossier uh, that was out there that was paid for by Hillary. And she, she was, you know, obviously, you know, that was fake. You know, the mm, Russian sure. collusion thing and all of that. Hillary paid for that. And uh, when she, they finally got, she got caught that it was just all made up. She got a thousand dollar fine. That's it. Thousand dollar fine. Hey, they got it. They have so many people in the deep state who are covering their backside. It's amazing. So here's the question: You know, was the election fair? There was, there was possible proof that it was stolen. Now, if you don't don't like to hear that, the the question is: When it's put out there, now the president on December second. In 2020, mm-hmm. uh, what was it? The National Defense Act. He declared, right. saying, "We have some bad players in within our government. We 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 suspect there's treason going on," and so he declared it mm-hmm. and asked for that to be investigated. Congress is obliged to do so under their sworn-in oath. Absolutely, it is something they have to do. It doesn't mean they have to find that there was wrongdoing. They could do the investigation. They no, nope, it's not there. They're That's it. obliged to investigate. You're That's absolutely it. correct. And if they don't buy their sworn oath, then they become a treasonist and are held accountable and have to, well, not step down. They're going to be kicked out of government. Yeah. Now, they actually, ha, ha, that's your fake news. That's right. Uh, no, I vote no. Yeah, and exactly. So by doing that, yeah, they implicated themselves yes. to be treasonous. They were part of the crime by by not yeah. investigating and by voting to just approve, certify the election. They became a part of the crime. Now we have to explain. What if we went and investigated out and found out it was untrue? You know, right? Uh, it doesn't matter. That is a whole new crime, and it means that they were a bad player. They didn't adhere to their oath, and they should not be in office or hold any office. Including, of, by the way, including like Mike Pence. Mike Pence, would, the vice president. Take out, okay, so if 
Now, now the government gets no argument in this case, and it's amazing that it made it to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. It would be even more amazing that if they ruled in the favor of it, but, you know, kind of like the the Border Title 42 Act, it was a 5-4 vote down political lines. But if that happens, we are going to be a nation so divided because then that means Pelosi, you know, Schiff, all of these guys got to get out of there immediately. You're done. Yeah. And there's going to be criminal charges brought against you. Now, And that's Republicans, too. If, if someone said this on mainstream media, like on CBS or NBC or something like that, you might have a better response. But because they've taken control of mainstream media, I'm talking right. about the, the bad guys, and they, they really they squelch uh, conversation like we're having, um, you don't hear about this. And when you do hear right. about it, you think, what do those two guys know? You know what are those? What, come on. But <clears throat> I, I would recommend that you go to the Supreme Court docket, the U.S. Supreme Court docket. It's on the Internet. And look at what is being considered, what cases are coming up. You'll see that on January 6th, it's Brunson versus whatever. Right. The Brunson brothers are the guys who are bringing this case to the Supreme Court. And the interesting thing about their case is that when they filed it, you know, they had to go through all the stages. They filed it uh, uh, federally, locally, and, and, and it, if it didn't get accepted locally, it got appealed up to the Supreme Court. When it got to the Supreme Court, there's someone or some people in the Supreme Court who received it with open arms? They yeah. they didn't just they didn't just uh, put it on a stack of other cases. They they took it like they were waiting for it. As a matter of fact, they read through it and then they said to the brothers, it, "It's well done, but you missed this, this, and this, and you have to put this, this, and this in the document so it'll be uh, acceptable in in the court." They and did. They did. They did. They put all those changes in. And by the way, this is after it had gone through lower courts the way it was. In the lower courts, it was accepted. But in the, in the, somebody in the Supreme Court or some people in the Supreme Court want to hear this case. And if, yeah. and if they don't on the 6th, if they decide not to hear it, uh, that will say to me that something happened along the way that uh, some, they, they succumbed to some pressure. Yeah, and that'll be interesting because then democracy, which Democrats like to claim, is definitely o- over. But the interesting thing about the guys who probably, well, they got to be election deniers, and this is a Hail Mary thing. Ironically, they didn't care about the, the election thing. If anything, they were probably liberals yeah. that did this, but they said, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. In, in, a, in a fair world, you have to be fair. And look at it objectively, and when you step back, these guys over here didn't do their job, and now they created an even bigger crime, and all they had to do was just do the investigation, say, you know what, you were right, or go, you know what, we looked and found nothing. And guess what? Had they done that, we wouldn't be talking about today whether or not the 
the election had been stolen because it would have been done, over with, that was it. But instead, they did what they did, which was nothing when they were supposed to do something. And what are we talking about as far as people being removed from Congress? I think the figure was, and I could be off, but it's around this figure. In the House, like 188 congressmen will be removed instantaneously. And another, uh, I don't know, 80 or so in the Senate will be removed. It, it, the figure came to be, I, I want to say, in a problem, I'm probably off, it was like 350 round. Yeah, it's total. up there. In other words, we would have no effective Congress or Senate. We would have to have uh, a government put into place until but we like sorted, it, sorted this out. But like yesterday, Bill, a lot of the people who voted to certify may not still be in Congress now anyway, because they have two-year terms, and some may have left in 2022. So all of the new congressmen that are in place, the new ones, they stay, because they didn't vote. They had no say in it. Uh, But now what are the Democrats doing to answer this? Well, number one, they need to get Trump out of the way. They don't want Trump around, and they have to do it by 2024 in case the Republicans take the presidency. And if that happened under a Republican president, you know, the the Trump thing would go away. So they're going, and they've already said, yes, we will indict. We will, we are looking now to get a favorable court so that they can convict and lock him up. Right. Now, they're also going after 126 Republican congressmen (laughs) for treason because they voted, yeah, you know, uh, back in uh, January 6th that, the, the election possibly was. Stolen. So you're saying so the treasonous. people who voted to certify, the Democrats who voted to certify, have decided to go after the Republicans who voted to question it. That's exactly right, because they're saying, well, that's treason. You didn't agree with us. And because they have enough power in place and judges in place, you know, they might. It's going to be interesting to see. So when Russia goes, the United States is going to civil war. Whether this thing comes down fairly or unfairly, depending on what side of the fence you're on, no matter when it comes down, somebody's going to be PO'd. Do you think that the people are starting to wake up? I'm talking about John Q. Public. Is he the guy who's been more interested in his fantasy football? than uh, what's happening in this world. By the way, we are in such a precarious situation in the world right now. We're on the verge of a nuclear war, and people don't even know about it. You know, Putin came out this week, Bill, and he 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 said, let me explain something to you. He was very kind of matter of fact. You know, let me explain something. He said to the Ukraine, you have an ultimatum. You have an ultimatum. You are to surrender you are to do A, B, and C, but it included complete surrender, or the, uh, or we're going to send in the big guys, the big troops we have, and and we're going to crush you. Yeah, uh, and and he was talking about the Nazi regime there too, which uh-huh. might be why they, they were talking about the Fourth Reich. Because let me explain something. Back in World War II, when everything was over, you know, there was the conspiracy thing. Hitler didn't really die, and there's evidence that might support that. 
But the Nazis didn't go away. As a matter of fact, they resided in the Ukraine. Right. You know, and that organization has grown and built. People don't realize there was a a large faction of Ukrainians who were in the SS, who were were Hitler's SS. They they had a large uh, Ukrainian division of Hitler SS. And, you know, they're still there, the Azov Battalion. As a matter of fact, this is a good lead-in, Bill. Uh, right. I, I found a clip on uh, on the Internet. It's from an Oliver Stone documentary. I don't know how new it is, but, boy, it's awfully current when you listen to and see the, the video. Obviously, we can't show you the video on our podcast, but the video is kind of secondary. The dialogue is pretty self-explanatory. It talks about the Ukraine. The By the way, the documentary... The Oliver Stone documentary is Ukraine Under Fire. Interesting thing about Oliver Stone, and remember this. You know, for the longest time, he was the fair-haired Hollywood uh, boy. I mean, everybody loved Oliver Stone initially. You know, he was a Vietnam veteran who came out and started making kind of these rebel movies about Vietnam. I think, was it Full Metal Jacket? Was that his? Anyway, Mm. he did a lot of really interesting movies early on, and then... He broke the mold and did a movie called JFK. And suddenly, everybody in the media started to lambaste the guy because, oh, that's factually incorrect. How stupid. His premise was what? The CIA had some involvement in the the assassination of JFK. Everybody poo-pooed him and minimalized him and made it sound like he was a crazy from Hollywood. He went from being fair-haired to being crazy from Hollywood, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, what did we find out a month or so ago? Well, there's a good there's a good possibility that the CIA was involved with the JFK assassination. Yeah. Now, when you hear this four and a half minute clip, you are gonna you're gonna have some serious doubts about the honesty of our government. Listen to this. The first casualty of war is the truth. And if the American people knew the truth about U.S. interference in Ukraine, they might not be so eager to start World War III. During World War II, Western Ukraine sided with the Nazis. After the war, the CIA helped Ukrainian Nazis evade the Nuremberg trials and began operating with them within the Ukraine. After decades of CIA infiltration, the Ukrainian People's Movement emerged in 1989 and gave birth to extremist groups Svoboda, Trident, and Right Sector. Neo-Nazi groups pushing for the ethnic cleansing of Ukraine. Extremist groups cultivated by the CIA, supported by the U.S. State Department, and used by the IMF to bring Ukraine to heal. When Yanukovych beat NATO-backed Yushchenko in the 2010 elections, his government was being pressured into signing an EU association agreement by the International Monetary Fund in their typical conquer-by-debt offer that would financially ruin the Ukraine and place them at the mercy of the World Bank. Yanukovych declined their offer. And in today's corrupt world, you're not allowed to say no to the IMF. Funded by Western NGOs associated with George Soros and the CIA, a highly organized color revolution was immediately deployed against Yanukovych. 
Organizations such as the National Endowment for Democracy trained activist journalists to utilize Facebook along with three brand new television networks created within weeks to recruit people for the protests. This Western-run media campaign was a huge success. The turnout was massive. The CIA has been orchestrating revolutions their entire career, and the first step to their simple formula is to convince people to take to the streets in peaceful protest. They then use agitators to goad the police into violence, and state-run media to ignite the crowd with emotionally charged reports of sacred victims. On November 30th, 2013, the Ukrainian chief of staff, associated closely with the U.S. State Department, ordered the streets to be cleared of protesters for the erection of the annual Christmas tree. When the police arrived, they were met by a highly aggressive and well-organized faction of Ukraine's right sector, who provoked the police into a violent reaction against peaceful protesters, which is all the Western intelligence media reported on. Predictably, this resulted in more unrest and violence, which was further fueled by U.S. Senator John McCain's support of the protests. Leaked phone calls reveal that the U.S. State Department was orchestrating this coup d'etat from within the U.S. Embassy with support from Vice President Joe Biden. On February 20th, unidentified snipers firing from government buildings occupied by the protesters began firing into the crowd, killing people on all sides. Yanukovych's home and offices were taken by armed mobs, and a new government was put into place with a neo-Nazi element that went on to accept the IMF's spurious loan offer and began murdering the Russian-speaking population of Ukraine in Donbass. As a result of this Western-created quagmire, 96% of the people in Crimea voted in favor of joining Russia. And while the nation celebrated, Western media reported that they were invaded by Russia. Their proof? A Russian military presence which has existed there since 1804. Supporting a criminal war against Russia does not make you a patriot. It makes you a useful idiot of the globalist banking cartel. The very same entities waging war on all of humanity with vaccine passports and experimental jabs. A righteous patriot would call out his government for war crimes. And through fraud and deceit, the United States government has been the world's biggest purveyor of war crimes for decades. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know That's how well you could picture. hear I don't know how well you could hear it, but uh I heard it just fine. That's not a pretty picture. Oh my gosh. We are in uh such a a strange time. The things that we thought were absolute are not anymore. The honesty that we expected from our government has come into question. Have we been but, going for decades like this? Yeah, we have. And you know, you got John McCain. Who hated John McCain? Yeah. You yeah. know, and as a matter of fact, you know, we talk about him being a hero. He was a hot dog, you know, and, uh, you know, there were a lot of accidents that were, well, they're the accidents. Yeah. No, you hot dog, it's your fault, you know, and it was. Yeah. He, you know, I mean, and he, who was his sidekick? Who was his faithful companion? Well, Joe Biden. It was, and, no, no, his faithful oh, companion was oh, Lindsey Graham. Yeah. Lindsey Graham yeah. went around. So who was picked up the banner now from John McCain now that he's gone. Lindsey Graham.
Yeah, there's there's a lot that's going on with this, but I was picking up on the audio there about Joe yeah. Biden yeah. and his involvement because there was that with the Ukraine. Biden was involved with the uh, the Iran-Iraq war. He's a warmonger, and he is a, uh, in my mind, he's a murderer. When you sit there and hear about how they the snipers, gun down the people there. Yeah, the snipers shooting indiscriminately into crowds to cause chaos, murdering so people has, from all sides. He has no concern or care. But my 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 thought is, we're going, have we been this way and all this stuff? Well, okay, let's look at the poor Ukrainians and how they were manipulated by what government? The United States. Our government. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Well, what if, gets me, did you hear the part of the documentary when they said right after World War II, the Ukrainian uh, SS, uh, mm-hmm. the Ukrainian Nazis, were protected by our CIA. Why? From the, from, the, from the Nuremberg War Trials, you know, what people don't realize, a lot of young people don't even know what the Nuremberg Trials were. But, you know, with all the Nazis that were tried in, in, uh, in that trial, I think only 10 were convicted. I mean, you think about that for a second. It was a big deal, a big show trial. And uh, only c- compared to all the monsters that were involved with uh, the Nazi regime during World War II, and I think only like 10 You know, that's interesting because, you know, the way that we portray history, yeah, we got them. We got them with the Nuremberg trials. Well, history belongs, what do they say, the writing of history belongs to the victor? Yeah. You know, we we have um, a country who, if if this story is true, we have an element in our country protecting the Nazis in the Ukraine. And now you may say, well, for what purpose? Well, look at now. Right now, we still have an element of the Nazis in the Ukraine. And boy, they try to poo-poo that, like, oh, come on. But I think I told you, remember what I said about, they asked uh, in an interview, uh, Zelensky, what about the Nazis? He says, well, they are what they are. That's mm-hmm. his. That was his answer. They are what they are, meaning, hey, they're there. So that's it. You know, move on. Next question. They are accepted by guys like Zelensky. Yeah, well, you know, it gets back to there, there. There's a lot of things to unpack there, but you know, you look at the econ- the economy of it, and even what uh, Russia was predicting—a change in economy. Uh, world War One was started by the banks of the world. You know, obviously, World War Two. You know, the banks, the money, the money people, the real wealth yeah. of the world controlled it, and obviously. There are things going on now. If you think the world is is, uh, is economically stable, it's it's not. No. So war is the answer to these guys. And you got the UN saying, "Well, you know, war is on the nuclear war is on the table. It's within the realm of possibility." So you know, with the um, with the war clock to count down to Armageddon, yeah, we are ninety seconds away from nuclear. Annihilation, 90 seconds. And what happens in the media? They completely ignore it. And then you're talking about, you know, the the Russian that sat there and did his predictions. You know, he was talking about the change of currency and everything and and things going to this crypto thing, which is where they want to push it. There's talk that this year the United States may get off the dollar and go to crypto, which, you know, I have thoughts about that. 
Well, I, don't, I don't want my money uh, in crypto. I mean, if it's in crypto, somebody at a computer somewhere can manipulate it. Exactly, or steal it. And the, yeah. now the story that I read last night, you know, I woke up and said, oh, I was reading something. And they're saying, well, who's going to be the first trillionaire? And I'm going like, we're talking about we're trillions of dollars in debt. Yep. You know, they're saying gold is, for you and I, is something to get if you can get it. Because we're not in the gold standard. You know, we're on this, you know, I say that this cup, this coffee cup, is worth $100 trillion. And you're going, Bill, you're an idiot. And I'm going, no, it's, a heck of a it's cup. worth a hundred trillion dollars, and I'll fight you over it. You know, I'll do whatever I gotta do to sit there and. Back you know, I that. have questions about gold too because you know I've probably I've thought about it. Do I take my assets and convert it to gold? But then again, what do you keep it? How do you protect yourself when you have gold? How do you keep it secret? You know, if you can't even build a safe in your house. Think about this for a second. You can't, unless you're really handy and do it yourself, you can't put like a floor safe in your house. You can't hire somebody to do it because as soon as you do that, that, that guy knows you have a safe and where it is. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They, if you have gold in your house, they can find that because, you know, some people say, well, it's not a metal, it's something else. And I'm not going to get into the chemistry and everything detector. of that because, huh? A metal detector? Well, uh, yeah, you could do, uh, but but there's way of detecting uh, of what's gold and what you know what is not. You right. can find the gold, so you can't hide it. And if they go to the cryptocurrency, do you think they're going to let you buy precious metals? Oh no, they're going to ban it out law. Well, what did they do? Didn't they? For the longest time, our money was uh, backed by gold, and I think it was at Franklin Roosevelt who's. Who took that all away? He recalled all the gold. There was a while yeah. where you couldn't own gold. Well, as a it, private what citizen, he did, yeah, but the, it was interesting. He bought the gold back from you, yeah, at at a certain face value, and it was a low value. He made it illegal; you couldn't own gold, right? So people were giving it back, you know, and all that. And he was saying, "Thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, my good citizen." And then they got all that gold, and they melted it down, and then they jacked up the price of it, and all of a sudden, our debt went away. Yeah, well, um, if you have gold, keep it. If you have it in a safe spot, don't tell anybody. I don't know how you do it. Uh, if you have things that have value, protect it. Don't talk about it, and that's that. Because at some point in time, if we go to a crypto thing, you might have to go to the old standard of the barter system, you know, and now bartering, you know, let me just say your talents, your skills, maybe you're a baker. That's an asset that you have. Um, so you have something to borrow. Everybody's have got you ever something thought about to how, how helpless a lot of people are now when it comes to surviving. If there were some kind of a crisis where, our society were to uh, collapse in some way. Uh, um, for example, our ancestors could go out and hunt. They could go yeah. out. They could go out and skin an animal, and they knew how to uh, to get the meat from the animal, and they could eat. But I would be willing to bet that uh, at least seventy five percent of the people in our country right now, you know, the McDonald's uh, 
<laughs> burger people who they, you know their their way of getting food is drive to the to the fast food restaurant. They wouldn't have a clue as to how to get the food. No, they wouldn't. Look, we're we're in a sad situation, and uh, you know everything we're we're talking about. Something big is going to happen. When or uh, how? I don't know. But I was listening to Laura Logan. Uh, yeah. being interviewed on an, on another uh, podcast. Maybe I can get some clips of it this week and air it here. But uh, she said she talked to some friends who were Hindu, Muslim, Christian, uh, in, it's another another uh, uh, denomination that I can't think of. All of them have their disagreements about a lot of things, but they all agree on one thing. They all agree that we're in the end times. That's what she said, not what I said. We're in the mm. end times. Uh, I, well, she's a, a devout woman, and, uh, you know, I believe we're in the end times, too. But you may not. You may not be, you know, you might say I'm a spiritual person, but then again, what is spirituality and what is Christianity? Um, if you're a Christian, you know what it is, but, if you know, I'm just saying. Well, you know, uh, you, you look at look at what happened over the uh, weekend in China. Uh, it mm-hmm. was reported that China sent 71 warplanes over Taiwan's airspace over the weekend. 71 uh, warplanes. Now, I would submit that Taiwan had to have an incredible amount of restraint. I think what, when you fly 71 warplanes over another country, over their That's airspace. An invasion. Well, it's an invasion. Also, you're asking for the country to send up a, a missile or to send up airplanes to... Uh, to fend you off, and essentially, they were trying to provoke, in my opinion, a war. They were yeah. tr- a conflict because they think that is, if they can do that, they can end it quickly. China thinks they would love nothing more than to have Taiwan fire upon their planes and give them a reason to uh, go in and take it over. Yeah, why is this stuff happening now? All this stuff that's going on, we have the possibility of war in Taiwan. We have a a, a war in the Ukraine. By the way. A lot of people, even today, a year later, don't know where the Ukraine is on a map in our country. Yet they're selling this to our people like it's an important war that we have to be involved in. You know why? Yeah, and- why do we have to be involved in this in this fraudulent war? And hypothetically, hypothetically, what if? Now, I'm not saying Putin is a good guy. I'm not saying Putin's a, a the the white hat in this scenario, but. Hypothetically, in this case, let's say Russia is telling the truth. We're being told, by the way, the Ukraine is the side of righteousness, and they're the people who are being wronged here. And if in the, and if the Ukrainian people are being wronged, there's a possibility they're being wronged by their own administration, their own government. That's true. So, what if we're what if we're rooting for the wrong side? What if? The, the real hero in this scenario is Russia. It's a possibility. I don't know, but I do know that um, it, it's, it's not shaping up well. Ukraine is not, uh, not a great player, and we're not a great player in this thing. Um, Where does this go? I mean, how do we, how do we win this war? I, that's another thing I haven't heard anybody say, Bill, how well, we win yeah, the war. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, when you get into a conflict, you get into a war, you have the objective, we're going to win this. Yes. But without that element there, then why are we in, into this thing? And so that means there's another objective, is, and it has nothing to do. Is the war just winning 
the boundaries of the Ukraine, you know, or is the war going into Moscow and causing regime change? It could be. I mean, you know, look, it's probably a political chess game that we are playing, and the United States plays games like that all the time, uh, which makes the Ukraine a pawn, the people a pawn. It makes us pawns. Can't we live in peace in this country? You know, we we had Trump. We had Trump for four years, and it put a, the kibosh on the deep state's plans. That's what it did, because the deep state had, I think we would have been in this Ukraine war four years ago, or five years ago, you know, if they'd had um, a Clinton victory. But I think that when Trump came in and he stopped the whole process, it drove the deep state friggin' nuts. Well, the deep state wants to disappear Trump, and they're working on that. They don't care that they're selling lies about January 6th. They're going to keep selling it even if the proof comes out that it's a lie, and it has come out. They're going to keep selling it and selling it and selling it. They own the media, and at some point in time, I hate to say it, but they're going to find a way to isolate Trump or get him alone just for enough time you well, know, Trump's going to get distraught and Epstein himself. Well, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think that that will. I think there is a segment, a faction of uh, people who are on his side. Oh, that, there are, and and I don't think that that will happen. I don't think that. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I'm just thinking that uh, there's a battle going on behind the scenes that we can't see. I, if that happens, well, Bill, we're in trouble. Well, we're in trouble, and you know the January sixth committee is over. You know that, that 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 everything's over. Whatever they think they have, they have. But yet, there are people coming forward with. They're bringing people forward. We have bombshell new evidence. Really, you you had a whole year to get it, and now it's just coming out. And somebody remembers something. Hey. Oh, and it brings in some other names too. I'm sitting there going, no, 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 no. You know. In life, it doesn't work this way. Uh, Bill, they're still arresting uh, people from January 6th. Listen, yes. listen, listen to this. Doctor arrested for participating in the January 6th Capitol riots, just facing a judge this afternoon. And these are some of the images that were released by the FBI of that doctor. She's accused of attacking officers at the Capitol and was caught on body camera. The FBI says the doctor then bragged that she was ready for violence before January 6th. But she didn't have anything to say to WBZ's Courtney Cole as she left the courtroom this afternoon. Dr. Jacqueline Starrer was not a woman of many words as she walked out of the federal courthouse today. Do you have anything to say about your actions? This afternoon, the 68-year-old doctor was formally charged by a judge for her role in the Capitol attack on January 6th, 2021. Anything to say to your patients? In images in her case paperwork, you can see here Dr. Starrer wearing red, captured a number of times on what is referred to as open source video and Metropolitan PD body camera. Most notably, MPD body camera footage captured Starrer or making contact with an officer. In case paperwork, that officer confirmed that Starrer punched her in the left side of her head. According to documents related to her case on January 11th, a tipster told the FBI they were
were aware prior to the events of January 6th that Starer planned to attend a march on the Capitol. The tipster went on to say that she bragged to a mutual acquaintance that she, quote, was prepared for it with a mesh knife-proof shirt and bottles of pepper spray. Right. I mean, at this point, we just don't have a comment. She's been arrested. We're going to evaluate the case and go from there. Dr. Guys, Starer guys, was guys, an employee at Brigham and Women's Faulkner Hospital in Jamaica Plain, but the hospital tells us in part that she was a per diem employee who was no longer active at our organization. Dr. Starer was released under the conditions that she cannot leave the continental U.S. She cannot leave the state of Massachusetts without notification, and she cannot travel to D.C. unless she is meeting with counsel about her case. She's due to make her next first appearance in D.C. virtually on December 27th at 1 p.m. Reporting outside of the federal courthouse, I'm Courtney Cole, WBZ News. That's uh, the CBS station in Boston, uh, WBZ. I'm well aware of it. I'll I'll be mm. listening to it tomorrow. Now, it, that's interesting about WBZ. WBZ, you guys don't do news unless it's a hit piece, and it's when you're told to do something. Why? Go back. I'm sure you got reels that records everything you do. Every damn day, it's a little fluff story that airs five, six, seven, eight, nine times, and there is no real news. Now you have this piece. I'm sitting there going, they're not real news. They're fake news. Now, mm. one of the things that I'm realizing here is that with this doctor, don't know anything about her, but they're villainizing oh, her. She's already she's already guilty. She, yeah. wore, she wore a mesh shirt underneath, her, you know, they're to, painting, uh, to protect her from getting a knife stab. <laughs> they're, they're painting a picture because every story... Has to have a bad guy, a villain. She's now, already guilty in the eyes of this reporter who was doing the report. That's right. And they're doing that. And I bet you when she was incarcerated, oh, they probably threw her mail away. They intimidated her. They did this. They did that. And they... They say, uh, Bill, she's 68 years old. And they said... She was an employee of Brigham and Williams uh, Women's Hospital in Boston, uh, in Jamaica Plains, and but she was on a per diem basis. They said, and she's, I guess, no longer involved with the hospital. They, they made it sound like the hospital severed their relationship with her because that she was supposedly down in Washington D.C. But she's sixty-eight years old. She may have retired two years ago. Or three years ago, she may they're have retired. They're not going to tell you that. They're going to they're going to paint this picture with a broad stroke brush, and they're doing that. There was, uh, you know, I I know a guy that interviewed this guy that was in the news a while back that painted himself up like the Joker, but he didn't start that way. Mm -hmm. He was a kickboxer, kind of like Joe Rogan, and uh, then he wanted to be a journalist, kind of like Rogan, and so he went out and he did interviews. And then when he was covering stuff. BLM beat the hell out of him. And he goes, you know what? I've been neutral, but I'm going to go a little more conservative. His problem was he fell into the abyss of everything that was going on and got consumed with it. And there they, you know, he's, he, he got 30 years in prison, but they released him next month. And, you know, the guy I know that interviewed him said, he's a nice guy, but. So you're saying he was, he wasn't. He wasn't uh, really political initially. He was kind of neutral. And he was absolutely, and actually you can look it up. The guy, is, he was called the Gypsy Crusader. Mm -hmm. 
and you'll see the Joker pictures. And he right. took to that. Now he, uh, knowing somebody that inter interviewed him, he had fo a following of millions. I wish we had that. Mm -hmm. But you know, any then they were. It started out innocent, and then you know it got to where he got consumed in it. He got too close to the fire. Right. And he started. He started out neutral. Then he became kind of to the right. And then he realized it's bad on both sides. So he's kind of a fascist. But, you know, and then, you know, all of a sudden he goes, I got to get away from this. There are drug dealers, by the way, who never got 30 years in jail. Well, he's he's getting out now. And I'm like going, and I told my one friend that's doing the interview on him, I said, he was groomed to be a villain. Why are they releasing him? Well, what's going on here in the next few weeks? Because... One of the things they said about the guy was, well, he was trying to get together an army of people to overthrow the government, which if you look at all the interviews yeah. that are out there, there was nothing of the source that really took place. So it was made up, contrived. Now, I'm not saying this guy did anything brilliant, you know, but I am saying that the you know the feds saw an opportunity and when the guy moved to florida uh, what happened to trump's mar-a-lago they came in stormed the place yeah feds did that and then they found they they found nothing in there but they said well we did find an unregistered gun so that gave them 30 years on the other side of the scale on the other side of the scale is sam bankman freed you know the uh, there you go again that wonderful guy the the currency guy who somehow lost billions of dollars of people's savings. No big deal, though, yeah. because he was using it in a good in a good way. He was giving it to the Democrats for their campaigns. I mean, billions and billions of dollars went into political campaigns. Uh, it, it really padded the coffers of guys like Joe Biden and his friends. Uh, and they haven't given the money back, by the way. But here's the interesting thing. He got freed from jail. I think they said the, uh, what was the initial, he had, bail was like $250 million or 200, some exorbitant amount of money. And people said he'll never raise the money. But yet his parents, they put their house up. The house was only Which worth. Which was dumb because. The, oh, no, no. The house is only worth $4 million. Oh. And that, that essentially covered it. And somebody said that, uh, that it really was nothing more than a signed bond, uh, a signature bond, where it really wasn't, the house really wasn't put up. It was their word that they would pay it, okay? So this guy, Bankman Free, gets off on bond that he wasn't supposed to be able to pay, and he flies off to California to live in his, his parents' house while he awaits trial. But listen, this is another interesting point. Uh, yesterday... Uh, the Sam Bankman-Fried case moved to Clinton-appointed Judge Lewis Kaplan, who's, oh, allowed, really? who's allowed garbage Trump rape case to continue and who oversaw the Prince Andrew case, too. Mm -hmm. Prince Andrew got off. He, you know, they pay, he paid off the accuser, and uh, he went back to England and subsequently was kicked out of the royal family. I mean, all of his titles were removed, and 
he was uh, escorted. From, he wasn't escorted, but he was kicked out of the pa- the royal castle. Uh, but he's still technically a royal, but he is uh, on the blacklist right now. But he's still free. He's still out and about. This is a guy who was uh, having sex with an underage woman at uh, I guess it was Epstein Island, and uh, yeah. but this guy, this Lewis Kaplan, out of all the judges in the world who are going to hear this case, they found a judge who is, at, at the very least, sympathetic to uh, his cause. P- a guy who is on their side of the ledger, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you got to wonder about this kid. You know, go back to when he was just a humble kid. How did they find him, and how did he get into the world of the crypto and become so successful and get Absolutely. everything going on. How does a thir- and- how does a th- he's thirty now? So how does a guy in his late twenties get all that money? Right to work. Did with? somebody help him out and introduce him to this world that he got swallowed into? And now, now that they got what they want, they're going to chew him up and spit him out. They're going to release him, but they got to put him out there so that. He's a he's in play for their ultimate narrative. He was also involved. Uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but he was also involved with the Ukraine. Money was being sent to the Ukraine. The Ukraine was then funneling it back through cryptocurrency to the de- Democratic Party. It was it was like a cycle. Money yeah, was so going, <laughs> when we when we would say, yeah, we got to send money to the Ukraine, and we did, right? It would go there and become cryptocurrency, and then come back and go to Democrats running for elections, yeah. and and that's proven, it's out there. But yeah, and we're not giving that money back because oh, I didn't know that was going on. Bull pucky. Well. We're we're almost near the end of the program, but there's a lot yeah. of things you have to think about, folks. You really do. Uh, and tell your friends to start thinking about it, too, because uh, this cannot be allowed. If we just turn our heads and go on with our lives and pretend it's not happening, we're a part of the problem. I'm not, I'm right. not, saying, I'm not saying that we get into a civil war or anything like that. What I'm saying is that uh, complain, be vocal. Tell your friends that you don't like this anymore. Tell the congressman that you've appointed that this has got to stop. I mean, things they've got to feel the heat from us. They've got to they've got to hear your displeasure with how things are, are happening in our country. It might have an effect. It's crazy because they do own the media and they are controlling uh, the very thoughts and the minds of a lot of of the American populace. I leave you with this. Uh, I, another little tidbit that I picked up uh, in the past couple of days. Americans are finally getting tired of woke Hollywood. The market value of studios and other Hollywood associated companies declined by, uh, it declined from $1.35 trillion to $808 billion, a loss of $542 billion uh, the decline outpaced other sectors. Major studios, streamers, cable providers, and other media giants lost a combined $542 billion in 2022. Now, it says uh, Walt Disney, Netflix, and Comcast accounted for the bulk of the bloodshed. Those are very woke companies. 
Those are very mm-hmm. low. Those are the people who, who give the Obamas uh, $60 million for, for nothing. nothing. Okay. And now they're wondering, gee, how did we lose uh, all that money, billions and billions of dollars? Maybe it's because you're being run by fatheads. I'm just saying, you know, uh, in the old days, people who really were businessmen would never, ever let that happen. And, you know, it shouldn't come as a surprise at the end of the year for these people. I mean, somebody's supposed to be watching what's going on throughout the course of the year and see what direction they're going in and try to stop the uh, the bloodshed, you know, stop right. the leaking. And But these guys seem to be surprised at the end of the year. Like, oh, how did we lose that much money? Yeah, what, what, what went yeah. on here? What did yeah. you do wrong over there? But, yeah. that, but that means a lot of people out here are saying, enough, enough. We'll, we'll, we'll do something Done else. Done with it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, buddy, uh, it is always a pleasure. It was a good show. I enjoyed it. You got a lot yeah, of Yeah, it was fun. Hopefully, we'll do it again tomorrow. And, yeah. uh, and maybe we'll have some better news. Who knows? You know? Well, there, you know, one thing for certain, there's going to be some news uh, <laughs> with the new year. There's probably going to be some news before we get into the new year. Uh, you can only imagine. And there's going to be a lot of negative news and stories out there to to distract you and uh, taint your perception of things and just stay the course stay your stay course stay the course have a very discerning uh, discerning eye when yeah. you look at that news just yeah. don't accept back. it on face value right yep uh be skeptical skeptical about everything that's easy yeah. for me to say be skeptical yeah. about everything Five times real bad dental work, friends. Just <laughs> I don't even want to put my thumb behind my front teeth. You know, I might pop them out or something. You know? <laughs> hey, uh, with that, I'm going to go see uh, my dentist. Have a wonderful day, my go. friend, and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Stay well. Sounds good. Adios. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America.